Welcome to Sounding Board, the podcast about freedom. That's perfect. It's like it, it used Keep to Keep it simple. It used to be what did it used to be? Freedom and capitalism, and then it was like free trade, free markets, free speech, and then yeah. I fucked it up a few times. Freedom. Yeah. Freedom from I wanted to say from a virus, but that's that's not the that's not the point. It's freedom from the government's not, response no, it's, to it's, the virus. Yeah, it's, it's, well, it's not freedom from stuff. Yeah. That's that's the that's the trick that the yes. leftists will play on. You know, on, yes. it's it's just freedom. You can have, you can be free from something, but it's not freedom from something. I do want to be free of yes. this government and and all of them. Yeah. Speaking of not liking government, do you remember? And this was this was probably a. Um, Probably a good few months ago now, we did a podcast where I was asking some difficult questions for libertarians. That was a long while ago. That's yeah. about a year ago. Yeah, it could have been. It could have been. And, and for our special listener who um, maybe hasn't listened to that particular podcast, it was where I was making the point that libertarianism isn't always as easy as some libertarians will make out. Um, and it, you know, it, although it may appear that just like a, a lack of government is the answer, actually, kind of where you go from there can be quite nuanced and, and, and complicated. And so some of the examples I gave were, for example, if I say, Nick, if I had a house next to you and I was shining a light from my property oh, yes. and the light emitted onto your property, that would probably be fine. There, there probably isn't any criminal damage or anything like that there. However, if I was shining a laser and it's set fire to your shed, that probably would be. And then somewhere in the middle of those two, there's a line, but it's not always obvious. And you can extrapolate that to the, the, the I think the next example I gave was, you know, libertarians talk about, you know, homesteading and, uh, you know, kind of claiming private property. And the way that you normally do that is you mix your labor with the land. So if I, for example, uh, stumbled across an area of land that nobody was using before, and I made a small vegetable patch, I could claim that as my land. That's, you know, pretty much everybody would be fine by that. I couldn't get a bucket of red paint, tip it off the coast of Italy and claim the Mediterranean Sea, for example. So there's there's a point, you know, in between those two extremes that we have to, you know, we have to come to, you know, as, as, as a society, I guess, you know, as, as individuals. Um, and this, so I was thinking about this earlier and I wanted to kind of take it to a, um, to a point that was a bit more um, around kind of what's happening now. So for example, if I injected you with something, <laughs> a virus, okay, or, you know, that would be, you know, I mean, that that could be, I mean, at the very minimum, that's actual bodily harm. At the maximum, it could yeah. be murder. You know, I could kill you with whatever I inject you with. Yes. Um, and again, there's a point somewhere. So, for example, I could, if I had a, if I had a bucket of common cold on <laughs> me. And I chucked I, it over me. And I threw it over so you. So you don't even need to... Inject me. No, you're talking about this. Yeah, I, I could, yeah. I could get, I could get my bucket, a bucket of Ebola, my, my bucket of Ebola. <laughs> I could throw it all over you. Yeah, and that, again, that would be the same thing, or, or whatever it is. You know, some virus. I could throw it over you. Right. Well, this is getting interesting. Okay. I like this. That 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 would be, you know, some form of at least ABH, uh, because any any kind of physical. I mean, if I just pushed you, that's ABH. If I, you know, any kind of physical contact and touches is, is is ABH. Um, when it gets to breaking skin, breaking bones, that kind of stuff, that's grievous bodily harm. Yeah, GBH. And then anything that, if you die as a result of wanting to commit murder or wanting to commit GBH, yes. then that's murder as well. So if I punch you in the face, wanting to break your nose, yeah. and you die, that's murder. Mm. Okay, so that's the, that's the, you know, the, the criteria in, in English law. Um, so 
I think we all agree I can't go around injecting people with stuff. Um, I can't go around throwing buckets of common cold or Ebola over people either. Um, I, I would argue, and I, you know, I think if I was coughing in your face, that would probably be ABH, regardless of whether I've got Ebola or the common cold or whatever. Um, that's you know, I mean, I mean, literally coughing in your face. I, th- I, th- I don't you think, think coughing in someone's face is ABH. It's okay. What what is it if it's not ABH? Or it's, it's, I think it's, this is a fascinating area to get. I think into. it's beyond assault. Because assault is like threatening and intimidating behaviour, right? If but I, again, I, again, I, again, do you do you really want to get into the territory that coughing in someone's face is assault? Well, it clearly is. Is it? Yeah, just just me stand me standing and looming over you and threatening you is assault. I don't have to do anything. I ah, right. Okay, so you have to be doing that in order to cough in my face, or can you just be sat next to me on the tube? I I think if I was sat next to you on the tube and I turned round and and got right in front of your face and coughed in it. That's what I'm talking about. I'm not talking oh. about coughing in the same space. I'm talking about cough, literally grabbing you, coughing in your face. Okay. But this is why it's important. This is, this is my it, point. It, this is why it's all point. important. Because at the moment, you can, you can cough within three miles of someone and, and you know, this government considers that to, to be murder. Well, and that's my point. I, I think, so I, I, would, I would argue that if I, if I was just breathing and then you breathed in some of my particles... That yeah, the, the the chain of causation there is broken, and you know that's in no way am I committing assault, ADH, or anything. Right. So you are right, but again, um, just to bring back to your coughing in the face example, what if it's an accident? Do you do you need to assign motive? You're not if if you're not getting in my face from a um, a threatening perspective. But you let's say let's say you trip, you trip over, over yeah. you trip you trip over you're 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 changing carriages you trip over you, know, you stumble you end up you know grabbing the seat and you're really close to me and uh, something catches the back of your throat and you cough in my face you're apologetic you're you know you're sorry about it but it happened is that assault? Uh, no, I don't I don't think I don't think that would be and this is why we have juries in these things. Um, you know, I, but that's an interesting idea that you uh, you talk about there. For example, because, if, I, if I brushed past you in the street or in a busy tube, that wouldn't be ABAT. Yeah, um, but you're assigning there the judgment to a jury, not to a law that uh, an intent law. Yeah, laws of intent. I think I, think, I struggle with. I think it would be. Under the current law, I think it would be up to the jury to decide on the intent. Yeah. So if they if they decided that you feigned, you feigned tripping over just so I could just so you could cough in my face. Yeah. They might think you know that's that's not on. And you think that's up to a jury to decide? I th- it's been twenty five years since I studied yeah. English law, so I'd, I'd have to double check. I mean, these are. I think. We, we, we should record more of these types of conversations we would get into the absolute nitty gritty of it because you can always think of an example where the person could be innocent or the person could be guilty based on a certain spin, can't you? In, in, in case you say that, well, a faint, feigning an accident. It's like, how, how, far do you, how far do you go? And it's, you know, there, there are kind of two points I wanted to make here. Yeah. One, one is, it's not always clear. Yes. 
you know where the line is where the line is drawn, which is the point that I made in the in the previous podcast. It's complicated. It is. It is. It is very complicated. Um, and the other point is that kind of at the moment, everything is back to front. In that it's almost like ah. the the implication is guilty you, until proven. Innocent. Well, the implication is that you have a right not to be infected by anybody anywhere. Yes. Yet you don't really have a right to refuse someone injecting you. Oh, I love that. It's not the complete reverse. Do you see what I'm, see what I'm going with? Yeah, this? I see what you're doing. I see you're, you're trying, you're comparing the two, obviously. And, yeah, and, and you're and saying we're, the, we're, you know, what I'm saying is there's, there's a line between one that's obviously wrong and one, that, you know, and one that's obviously okay, and there's a line in, in the middle. Not only have they just, you know, they could have just drawn the line to, you know, one way or the other, but they've, they've mm. kind of flipped it on its head and yes. saying that, you know, you, it's okay for you, us to infect you. You must, you must take this, this, you know, experimental gene therapy vaccine. Um, you know, and, and we're going to harangue you until you do, and we're going to implement COVID passports and all sorts of things. Yet you don't have the right to breathe in public. Yes. So it's this a uh, foreign body. I'm, try, I'm trying to think of something that encompasses both the vaccine and the virus. Um, and it's yeah, it's, it's the foreign agent to your system, isn't sure. it? And one is delivered by government fiat or coercion. Uh, societal or otherwise, uh, and uh, and the other is, uh, generally speaking, it absolutely is accidental. No one's, no one, in the scheme of things, is going around trying to affect anyone with anything. Um, I mean, I don't know if there are laws against that in this country, like infecting, knowingly infecting someone with HIV. That might be against the law in this country. Possibly. I'm not sure. I mean, that reminds me of a because that law. But was, that'd be worth looking at, actually. Yeah, and, and that law was they had a law like that in California, I believe. And this is why I might be getting mixed up. And so, so the what? So they, the reason I know about this is because they removed the law. So was that recently? It was. Yeah, it was re- within within kind of 2020, um, I think. Yes. Or, or, or within the last couple of years, anyway, they kind of removed the law, so it was no, you no longer had to tell. A partner that you had HIV, so you could willingly infect them, but you had to wear a mask when you go out. So in case you, you know, you can't infect anyone with COVID, but it's fine. They repealed the law. So they decriminalised infecting people with HIV, but effectively criminalised effectively criminalised infecting someone with COVID. Yeah, that's because COVID is about a million times worse than HIV, Andy. It's just it's crazy, isn't it? I mean, I, I saw someone uh, someone made the, the point about vaccine passports as well, saying if you if you're okay with vaccine passports, replace that with HIV, and see how yes. how, how do you feel about it now? We had HIV passports, or you know, or the you know, the, the reverse, I guess it would be. Yeah, yeah. No, I think these these are these are interesting discussions because you have to you have to get into the detail there's no yeah. there's no other way for it you have to define the intricate steps required to get from a to b like as you say injecting someone with something and all the steps involved in that yeah no that's an interesting yeah. yeah and it's like there was so the, i think boris was talking about they're going ahead with the covid passports aren't they now um, so today so today was the, so it's easter monday he's just done a press conference obviously i haven't watched it um just checked on a couple of feeds to have a look, see see what what came out of it. When challenged, apparently on COVID passports, all he was willing to say was not at this stage, not at the next stage, <laughs> which means it's the stage after, isn't it? <laughs> well, yeah, and he, I think he said something about, and I'm not sure if this was today or, or earlier on, where he, he said something about, well, 
the private sector are going to want it anyway. Um, we can't we can't ban them because that would be an infringement on freedom. Right? Uh, this okay. this really gets. And then me. so he said so we might we might as well we might as well get involved and make it easy. It's like hang on a second if there's a well, if, there, if there's a market and, and you've got you've got supposed libertarians like old Holman saying yeah it's abs- this is absolutely fine. Employers should be out and, and businesses should be able to choose who they you know who they serve and who they don't. It's like yeah that's fine. But if there's if there's a market for something like this, then the market will create it. You know, some, some, yeah. you know if, 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 if it's sought after enough, um, then somebody will will create these COVID these private sector COVID passports. Um, but it's not up to the government to make it that easier to be a fascist, is it? <laughs> I, d- I do I do always struggle with. It. I mean, the the governor of, um, of Florida has has banned businesses from doing it. Mm. Um, and as you say, if you want to take purist libertarian kind of ideals, then the government shouldn't be banning anything. Yeah, the government the government shouldn't be banning it. You know, it, it shouldn't they shouldn't be enforcing COVID passports. They shouldn't be banning. They shouldn't be getting involved at all. Yes. You know, people saying, "Oh, yeah, it's absolutely." I fine. suppose the objectivist um, way of doing that would be that the government is there only to protect your freedom. So in that in that case, the government will ban something that is against your freedom. That's why objectivists are wrong. <laughs> I, I get what you're saying. I'm just, I'm just trying to put the different, you know, if you can, different if you takes can, on it. Why, why should a business, you know, why, why shouldn't a business be able to serve Look, who they I'm, want? I'm, I'm, I'm with you. If you, you take this to its logical conclusion, um, the business says, I want to see your health records before I serve you. You say, no, they don't get your business. Yep. If enough people want to give their health records to them in order to do their business, then there'll be a business. Is it a business I would ever shop with? Absolutely not. Obviously, the concern is that these things snowball in some way, um, but so, so, that, so that you end up with no competition. But they could they could snowball in but, both ways. So they could snowball in 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 the way that, like you say, everyone kind of does that. But then they could, if the government starts banning, bits, well, this is they the could thing. Ban other things. This is the point I wanted to make: is that. It's it's never a level playing field, and and by that I don't mean about engineering fairness, but when you've had eighteen months of government propaganda on on a subject, then then there's no there's no fairness at all. When 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 the media have been peddling um, peddling lies, when the government have been um, deliberately lying, uh, then it's. Yeah, they're, they're, it's it's already been you know the picture's already been spoiled and oh sure and, and so then just then just stepping back and saying oh well well now now it's about freedom yeah we spent hundreds of millions of pounds trying to convince everyone that this was make, a good making idea making sure the entire country lived in fear for eighteen yeah. months yeah uh, and and now we're yeah now we're gonna, we're not going to get involved yeah well so go go wrote a letter or go wrote an article or something in the Telegraph asking for asking for comments on vaccine passports and some nonsense. I mean, this is classic government consultation exercise, i.e. they've already made up their minds and now we'll just look like we're asking people for some feedback and then we'll implement, whatever the feedback is, we'll implement it anyway. Uh, it's also, um, I, I don't know I, I don't know how, where to quote this from, uh, the last, thing, last time I read it was in a, a Dellingpole article for Breitbart, I think, and it was that, that classic government... Um, uh, ratchet effect of oh, they, they start off by saying no we definitely won't do that then they start off going oh well we did look into that then they say well we did look into that and we didn't think it was a good idea 
then then they say, oh well, you know, maybe we'll look at that in the future, but not yet. And it and it goes and goes yeah, and, and goes. goes and circumstances then, have changed. Yeah, and then it was, and then at the end, it was we, we told you we were always going to do that exactly. Yeah, and and you can, I mean, you can chart that for vaccine passports so clearly. We, even when they created the position of vaccine minister, first first thing he does is go up saying, definitely, definitely won't be vaccine passports. I mean, this is. This is months ago. This isn't even a year. It's probably less than six months ago. Um, so the, the cycle that that thing goes through is just getting shorter and shorter and shorter. It's not like they take 20 years to go, well, do you know what? Times have changed. You know, that's almost, it's almost understandable to say things like that. But we're talking, we're talking months or days now. And it was, it was only a matter of weeks ago when they were still saying absolutely not to vaccine passports. Yeah. You know, earlier on this year, they're saying, no, you've got nothing to worry about. We're not going to do that. Also, again, the today, the change between... So there's tests as well now. So everyone's going to be able Twice to a get a, two tests a week. Okay. Um, in January. So it's, it's only just April. In January, Matt Hancock was saying, this is about you know, vaccinating the vulnerable. And then, then we get our freedom back. Yeah, that that that, and he was saying that very very clearly. Uh, and then today, the way we get our freedom back, he tweets, the way we get our freedom back is about testing every day, or testing, you know, constantly normalizing the process of always testing. Goalposts shift yet again. What I just get is just how how everyone just just goes along with it. Do you want to know the government's definition? for safe and effective. Oh dear, is it? Okay. You, might, is, need a, is, you is, might need a whiskey for this, this one. This is vaccine related, isn't it? I decided today to actually have a read on the government website about vaccines, uh, what you and I call experimental gene therapies, because I just wanted to see what the kind of overall government messaging was. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm used to the pages and they are very long, very dense now compared to they were a year ago. Talking about in quotes the rules. So you you did you just go onto gov.uk. Gov.uk. I wanted to come in COVID as a punter. Vaccine. Didn't do a search. I just went straight to the you know you, you go to gov.uk coronavirus link at the top. They've added an extra icon now. Hands, face, space, and fresh air. <laughs> exactly. Now that that's allowed. Now that that's allowed. Um, so there's four four things now. Um, and it's mainly about all the rules. But they've also got a section now, the expandable section on vaccines. It should be hands, face, open space, and they could just keep with the three. Oh, don't, don't even don't even go there. No, because it's because they want you if you're in if you're inside, they, they want to be able to freeze children in their classrooms by opening the doors and windows. Or in workplaces or whatever else. Um, and specifically the ones that, you know, refuse to wear a mask in secondary school. Stick them next to the open window, shall we? I mean, you, you, know, you can be seen to be doing the right thing by doing that, even though you're freezing these kids to death. Anyway, it's a, a, it's not a, an easy section, the vaccine one. I thought it would. I thought it would have a lot more gloss. I thought it would be really leading you through the clarity of don't worry, these things are amazing. But I think it's it's designed to be difficult to get into. So you so don't you, get the end. So you don't, exactly, so you don't read it. It's, I think it's designed so that you get your messages on vaccines from the media. And if you want to come here, oh, well, this is just all this science nonsense. 
Well, you don't want to, you don't want to read that. But then they can say, well, no, we, we don't even know about it. It, it, was, was, it was always there. It was always there on the government website. Uh, so uh, I'm here to interpret this for you, scientist that I am. I don't. Even, I I've always described myself as a scientist. <laughs> you said this a lot until <laughs> until 2020. I I I can't do it. It's it's. It was it's so anti-science. I remember was it? early podcasts you used to say, oh, I used to call myself a scientist <laughs> no longer. Can't do it now. Can't do it now. I mean, this this is proper pseudoscience. Um, now, I what I've done is I've, I've opened a couple of pages here. I'm going to read a, a few excerpts. I'm, I'm mainly going to just interpret it for you. Uh, but there's a few things that you have to you have to read. There, there are a number of pages that are linked to it, loads of other external websites, whether those are charities or other medical establishments or whatever, that talk about individual illnesses. And so one of the things that this page is trying to flag is how vulnerable you are. Have you got this disease or that? You know, if you've got cancer, can I have the vaccine? And that takes you to, you know, the Macmillan website or whatever. Uh, and there's one on, I've got one here about uh, mental health. If I've got a mental health issue, can I get the vaccine? And so trying to define what these vulnerable people are, which are the people at the top of the list, they all share some language right at the top. Okay? They all... They You're all... smiling already, so what? Yeah. <laughs> Just read it out. Well, so, I mean, in... in, in in this case, that's on the, uh, the the Rethink Mental Illness website, rethink.org. Okay. Different COVID-19 vaccines have been developed and many people have now received the first dose of a vaccine. The vaccines have been approved by the medicines regulator. They all flag the medicines regulator. The Medicines and Healthcare Products Regulatory Agency, MHRA. They say the vaccines are safe. So that's the, that's the first thing that they all say in some form of words, right. albeit the form of words that they all say specifically is the vaccines have met strict standards of safety, quality, and effectiveness. Strict standards of safety, quality, and effectiveness. Okay. Where can I find out what those are? Well, I I haven't read specifically what the MHRA criteria are for those, but I have read all of the details about the Pfizer vaccine. I just picked the one at the top. Yeah, there are three that have been approved. The Pfizer, the Moderna one recently, and the uh, Oxford AstraZeneca one. I uh, just took the Pfizer one. That's the one that's been around. I've <laughs> been around the longest. <laughs> um, this, this, is, this is another line they like to trot out. Thousands of people have been given a coronavirus vaccine, and no serious side effects or complications have been reported. I know, I know. You are, your face dropped at that. None have been reported. How many people have died? Anyway, what that comes from is a study. Remind me to talk about these stats afterwards because I had a, I had a bit about this. Yeah. So th this this text here is a is basically the report on the studies of the Pfizer and the other vaccines. Okay, that that's what this is talking about because, in in fact, another page I found talks about how it starts with the thousands of people thing and then it goes well and now millions of people had it and it's fine so it's we tested it on five people nothing went wrong and then we're just sticking our fingers in your ears and and if if you want to report anything we've got chief william over here with his invisible typewriter to record it for you so i also looked at the lupus page which is at lupusuk.org.uk. It's never lupus. It's never lupus. Uh, that's why I clicked on it. 
<laughs> I was like, there must be some poor bugger somewhere with lupus. Um, and lupus is an autoimmune. Autoimmune, exactly. Which I thought was an interesting one. I wanted to check that they were actually recommending it. Um, because, you know, the, uh, the immune system is important to people with an autoimmune yeah, disease. Yeah, auto, autoimmune disease is where your immune system doesn't work very well and it attacks, it attacks you. yourself. Yeah, 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 yeah exactly. Um, so it, it go, talks about the uh, priority list um, and all of that. And I think this one, uh, this one says that, yeah, basically they want you to have it. The va these vaccines have met strict standards of safety, quality, and effectiveness. Heard, heard that phrase before? Anyway, I'm I'm going to go now to the uh, to the detail from the government website. Okay, so this is the regulatory approval of the Pfizer BioNTech vaccine for COVID nineteen. Last updated on the thirty first of March. So this is this is bang up to date for where we are. This is a long webs web page. It goes into all sorts of detail, but it's not it's not terribly difficult to read. I, I went through this over about half an hour, scrolling through and just just making some making some mental notes on things. It obviously describes that it's a, a messenger RNA vaccine. I mean, the word vaccine is in it all the time. This, this is gene therapy. Um, it, it talks about individuals may not be maximally protected until at least seven days after their second dose. It talks about the, the gap that they recommend between uh, between the doses. It talks about the method of, of administration. Uh, so it goes into the details. Um, but then you get to things like special warnings and precautions. And so this is the section obviously I'm interested in, but also on the trials later. So we've already mentioned this, the, uh, the events of anaphylaxis. Yeah. And that close observation for at least 15 minutes is needed and that anyone trained to give the vaccine is also trained in how to deal with anaphylaxis it doesn't talk about how often that happens it just says events have been reported importantly it says just just to something as well in, in case in case our special listener doesn't know anaphylaxis severe allergic reaction anaphylactic shock is where you normally where your tubes tighten and you can't breathe yeah very very serious so yeah. they have to kind of jab um uh, EpiPen, that kind of thing. An EpiPen into your chest and yep. hope it works. Interestingly, a second dose of the vaccine should not be given to anyone who has an anaphylactic shock. Well, I suppose I suppose no be thankful for that. Yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Um it, it 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 does talk about people who are immunocompromised, but just says they might have a diminished immune response to the vaccine. Um the the biggest the biggest thing for me. I mean, there's two things I want to talk about: um, pregnant women, uh, not not pregnant people, pregnant women. First of all, they're going to get in. They're going to get in so much trouble for that. Um, well, no, this doesn't. It, no, it does. It says in pregnant women. It pregnant does. Actually. Birthing people. Birthing birthing people. Yeah. Um, uh, but I want to talk about the other contraindications. So there's absolutely no tests whatsoever on whether or not this drug is in any way incompatible with any other drugs you might be taking no no studies whatsoever so okay are you, are you, am i interpreting that correctly in that when they did all the studies and all the experimental stuff and they were testing on people before it got to the general public they didn't test on anyone who was taking any other drug i i couldn't tell you whether or not other the people in this study were taking other drugs but they haven't, but they haven't looked recorded to see, and looked at it they haven't looked to see whether or not 
um, there is uh, any adverse reactions because of that contraindication between between the two. Um, and so they just specifically not looked at it. Pregnancy. There is limited experience with use of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine in pregnant women. Animal studies do not indicate direct or indirect harmful effects with respect to pregnancy, embryo-fetal development, parturition or postnatal development. This is the line that I think is really important. Administration of the COVID-19 mRNA vaccine in pregnancy should only be considered when the potential benefits outweigh any potential risks for the mother and fetus. No shit. Should that what? not be the case for absolutely it, everybody? Exactly. I, I, I don't see why they've put that there. Was surely that any drug, not, not vaccines, not literally any drug, you should be looking to see whether the potential benefits outweigh the potential risks. Okay, can we just identify as a couple of pregnant women? Is that how we get out of this? Possibly. Um, and and if you work. don't agree with that, then you're, you're a bigot, clearly. <laughs> uh, apparently, it has no negligible, negligible influence on the ability to drive or use machinery. Unless you're in anaphylactic shock. Uh, unless oh, you're no, laid up in okay. bed for two weeks. I mean, it, yeah, and it, and it can do. Because and this is something I think I've told you, but I haven't mentioned on the podcast. So I was chatting to a good friend of mine. And so the, the, relationship, the relationship is, it's a friend of her mum's. Yeah. Um, this isn't too far away. From, which isn't, isn't, yeah. So, yeah, isn't, isn't a million miles away from me, but a friend, yeah. of, her, a friend of her mum's. It's hardly Kevin Bacon. Has, <laughs> has had the, had the I can't, I'm not sure which vaccine it was, yeah. Yeah. had the vaccine paralysed. Yes, you told me it's about shocking. Paralysed. Absolutely shocking. They're this not, isn't just not, a bit of a cold. Yeah, no, yeah, can't, cannot walk. They're not sure if it's going to be from the waist down or from, yeah, waist down. Right. Um, not sure if it's going to be permanent. Um, I haven't spoken to her for a while, so I'm not sure if they're regaining any any feeling or anything. But yeah, paralysis. So yes, it can affect driving. And blind. There have been cases of blindness. Blindness. I'm pretty, I'm pretty yeah. sure that blindness affects your ability to drive. And death. There's also been cases of death which will categorically affect your ability to drive. So I want to talk about the other undesirable effects that were reported in the studies of this one. So again, this is this is the Pfizer one. Uh, I'm omitting to give it its proper and full name of COVID-19 mRNA, mRNA vaccine BNT162B2. We'll just call it the vaccine from now on. But this talks about the actual studies they did. Okay, and the numbers, and I think these numbers are fascinating, not least of which, I, I come back to my statement of saying this is what the government deems to be safe and affected, effective. These numbers that I'm about to quote here. Also, this idea, I mean, it's under undesirable effects, and they do list undesirable effects in here. But clearly, when they talk about people not having any severe effects, they're quite happy with this long list of undesirable effects just out of that you and I know about because everyone we know is out of vaccine has got ill. Just out of curiosity, is death on there? It, it's not. Right. It's not. Um, I mean, preventing death should be number one on the list of uh, of a vaccine or of any drug of of not of not increasing your risk of death. Anyway, so there was. Two studies. The first only had 60 participants. And so straight away, I'm looking at this going, what? But the second had 44,000 participants. Okay, study number two of the Pfizer vaccine across the US, Europe, Turkey, South Africa, and South America. Okay, get this. 44,000 participants, 12 years of age or older. 
So they have been testing children Jeez. in clinical trials. In study two, a total of 21,000, I'm going to round the numbers here, okay, 21,000 participants 16 years of age or older received at least one dose of the vaccine. And 21,000, they're very similar numbers, but I won't go into the detail. Participants 16 years age of older received a placebo. Okay? So just under half, because there's clearly some 12-year-olds in here, and we don't they they aren't telling us what happened with the people 12 to 16 on here. They're not telling us how many got given a placebo and how many got given the they're not telling us anything about what happened to them. They're only talking about the people 16 years or older and what their undesirable effects were. Yeah. But this was half placebo, half got the vaccine. 19,000. That's 9,500 who got the vaccine and 9,500 who got the placebo were evaluated for safety two months after the second dose. So, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. Just, okay, so Less than half of the people who were given either the placebo or the vaccine were followed up. So, wait a second. So, is that, are you... Cause they I, gave 21,000 people the actual vaccine. Right. They followed up two months later with 9,500 of them. So this is any kind of follow-up? Well, this was evaluated for safety two months after. And the same, 9,500, different 9,500 of, of the people who had the placebo were also followed up. They didn't follow up all of them. Why bother? I don't, I don't, I don't. So they can say we've tested 40,000 when they had no, in, that's incredible. Sorry if I sounded a bit shocked. No, this is, this is why I'm reading this. I was shocked as I read this. So they, they talk about the demographic characteristics. Um, they weren't particularly different between the, the, the groups. Oh. I know, I know, I know, I know. Um, so we're talking, you know, 51% male, 48% female, all of this. Um, uh, 82% was white. Was that 52, 48? It was, 51.5 and 48.5. It's very, very similar. Ratio. The golden ratio. Um, yeah, you know, 9.6% black, all of this. Here's, here's the thing. The most frequent adverse reactions in participants 16 years of age and older were, and I'm going to give you the percentages now, okay. Pain at the injection site, greater than 80%. Fatigue, greater than 60%. Headache, greater than 50%. Myalgia, which is pain, yeah, greater than 30%. Chills, greater than 30%. Arthralgia, which I think is joint pain, greater than 20%. And uh, pyrexia, which is fever, greater than 10%. And we're usually mild or moderate in intensity and resolved within a few days after vaccination. Usually. But let's just look at these percentages again. You are you are more likely than not to get a headache and fatigue. Okay, so let alone all the other stuff. Just, just can, let's can we just compare that to actually getting SARS-CoV two? Yes. Because I I think fewer people will get symptoms 
this well, is coming in contact with SARS-CoV-2. This is what I'm ready to say now. I'm I'm ready to very clearly say, and and, and we talked about this over the last couple of weeks, uh, not necessarily on the podcast, that all of the all of the people we know who came in contact with the virus, and the number of people who well, we we still don't know a single person who was hospitalised, for example, yeah, with the virus. Um, you compare that to the vaccine. And we know people who've been hospitalised by the vaccine, paralysed by the vaccine. I know people who've been laid up in bed for over a week in agony. I know people who've missed funerals. You know, things... I'm ready to say more illness is caused by the vaccine. This is different from saying it kills more. I'm not saying that. I'm not saying that the virus hasn't killed more people, but I don't have the numbers. But as a percentage, <laughs> it would be interesting to know. But the, the amount of illness caused... I mean, I would, you... I would rather get injected with SARS-CoV-2. Yes, it would, it would have been easier. It would yeah. have been easier. And I think we probably have... I think I'd recover from that quicker than I would right. recover But obviously the what they're talking about here is, you know, the, it's supposedly about the vulnerable. So if you injected with the vulnerable with it, with it, then there'd be a lot more death. But they're not just talking about vaccinating the vulnerable. Though. They're talking about no, vaccinating you no, or I. No, absolutely. Well, okay. And the and other again, thing is, why? The, these people in this study, they weren't vulnerable. Yeah, the, these people weren't even old. These people were like under sixty. Yeah, so they were only doing the people that were in this in this, this younger, healthier. And imagine, category. imagine what those percentages are going to be if you're over eighty. Yes, for example, and even if the percentages are exactly the same, imagine how harsh they're going to be. If you're if you've already got arthritic pain in your joints, yes. you're already you're, you're yes. already in pain every single day, and your but pain it will finish it will finish some people off. Your pain level is already at a seven or an eight, say, which for lots of old people it, it will be. It's going to tip you over the edge. Yeah, if you're if you're seventy and you're laid up in bed with influenza-like symptoms, then if you're eighty-five, ninety, then there's a reasonable chance it's going to finish you off. That's why flu kills twenty to 40,000 people in Britain every single year, because these are not insignificant symptoms yep. for people who are elderly and frail. I've got more. Okay, do a couple more, and then I want to talk about stats for a moment. Yeah, okay. Uh, no, I'm, I'm, ne- I'm nearly done. I just I, the, the extent of this is, is, is horrific as far as I'm concerned. And you know, this, is, this is considered safe. And, but again, it's even safe and effective. They, they, haven't, they haven't been straight with people. Well, no, not, not, in, not in the only, fact that they will be more ill with the vaccine than they would have getting the virus. Not only have they not been straight, they haven't been inconsistent. Because if you if you applied the same levels of safe to SARS-CoV two, that would that would apply. Yes, SARS-CoV two is safe according Based to their on, definitions. I'm glad you brought that up. I wanted to make this comparison at the end. I want because it's it's classic. It's classic. You know um, they. They want it both ways, don't they? They they want to be able to say it's the precautionary principle. Sorry of nonsense. to have taken the wind. No, no, <laughs> no. That's fine that because one. that means that means you were leading you. I was leading you in the right direction. It, it it's so that though, isn't it? It's so that. How can you possibly use these set of rules for the virus, but not use the same set of rules for the cure? I mean, it's not a cure. You know, even even now. Yeah, it's it's it, you've got to even when you had the vaccine, you've got to stay away from people. You've got to wear your masks. You're not you're not. Well, it's free. almost it's almost for the first two weeks. It's like the opposite of a vaccine. 
isn't it? Oh, like, you're more you're at risk. Far more vulnerable. At yes. Last, but but ignore that. Ignore that. Ignore, but the fact that um, it's an anti-vaccine. All of the sci- government scientists and government ministers are all out right now saying, even when you've had both your doses and you survived them. I don't put it like that. We do. If you've if you've survived the vaccine, then you've still got to obey all of these rules. Okay. Here's here's something. We all know now, and it's indisputable that you are more vulnerable for the first couple of weeks after taking it, yep. after being injected. Well, then there's data showing that, that there's been spikes of deaths in oh, sure. care homes, sure. for example. Yeah, I mean, I heard of one care home where they had, I think, something like 17 out of 26 people oh. died after having the vaccine. And this is a care home that lost nobody throughout, throughout 2020. The year. Yeah. They managed to avoid death compliance. They probably didn't avoid death, but they avoided death by COVID. Yeah. Had the vaccine, over half was wiped out. So we know that you are more vulnerable for the first, because it has the opposite effect. So what I'm getting at here are the people who are taking it, the anti-vaxxers, at least for at least for a couple of weeks. Oh, that's funny. Because it's it's like an anti-vaccine. I'm not an anti-vaxxer, so I'm not going to take it. <laughs> yeah, it does do the opposite of a vaccine. It does. But I don't think that's the definition of anti-vax. No, but it's, I'm going to throw that at them. <laughs> yeah, I mean, they're, look, they're immunity design deniers and all this, but um, right. So, obviously, you can get the palsy as well. I mean, that's that's not here in this, you know, over 10% or anything. We're, we're talking about un, un, very uncommon things now, rare things. But four people out of out of the group there had uh, I mean, four out of had palsy. Four out of nine thousand. That's not insignificant. Yeah. Um, or so, might have twenty thousand or whatever. But this is but this is important, you know. F- four reported, you know, acute peripheral facial paralysis, palsy. Yeah, this is this is where one half of your face you sure. know, falls. Um, and it's a, like basically at any kind of number of days after, you know, there's, you know, one person got three days after, another person nine days after, one person thirty-seven days after, another person forty-eight days after. No cases in the placebo group. <laughs> Okay, so this was the vaccine that did it, yeah. Um, it, it, I think it's just, it just, it just makes me sad that this is what it's come to. We got to pick apart this stuff, right? So there's all the stuff we we indicate that are even in the words of this document, influenza-like. Your chills and your shivering and your increased temperature, yeah. Your your, your fevers and your headaches and your sweating and your nausea and all of those things. Okay. Um, the the vaccine very very clearly causes all of those symptoms in almost the majority of of cases. Obviously, what they're not showing is how many people had Multiples, more than one of sure. those things. But again, all the people that I know, <laughs> they all had more than one. In fact, most of them had more than three or four of of those things for days. Okay, so it's almost. It's almost worse if, if it's not the same people, because if forty percent get this, fifty percent get this, thirty, you know, you almost you almost guaranteed to get one of them. Yes, that's that's that was my point. But God, if you get all of them, then then you're really rough. Let's talk about the efficacy against COVID nineteen. Again, this, we're using this this term here properly. COVID nineteen is the disease, coronavirus disease. This is where, and you see, we were questioning this before. We were saying, where do they get their percentages from? Where do, how do they say it's 90% effective or 78% effective? Let me tell you. 
it's based only on these studies. Okay, it's it's based on these studies, which are which are you know a small number, but it's not based on the millions. They're not reviewing this. They're not looking at what happened. They're not following all the people that have had it so far in uh, late 2020, early 2021. They just quote the figures from these studies. So, and this is a strange stat, this one here. Participants had been followed for symptomatic COVID-19 for at least 2,214 person years for the group that got the vaccine and at least 2,222 person years in the placebo group. Okay, how many people, how many days? Well, exactly. So they clearly weren't following everyone, but they're talking about... Were they following everybody for not very long? Oh, this Who is, knows? It's obfuscation as far as I'm concerned. Sure. It's, it's delivering something like that. Okay. Bearing in mind the numbers that I said before, the 9,500 of each were you know, looked at for safety afterwards. We don't know how many people were looked at from this. They're only telling us person years. So, you know, you could have looked at one person for a month or, yeah, you get the idea. There were eight confirmed COVID-19 cases identified in the vaccine group and 162 cases in the placebo group. Okay? And basically, that's where the percentage comes from. It's eight versus 162. Okay? And they're looking at that specifically after the the, you know, the two doses and all that. Well, they don't well. know that the people in the placebo group have, who've been in contact with and what they're... Nope. That's just completely random. Yep. But, you know, randomness over a large enough group of people. If, if you, the not, assumption I would, here, I would argue that it's not a large enough group of people. That's my, oh, that's my oh, argument. Absolutely. But the assumption here is that the people who had the vaccine um, have had... Uh, uh, have been going along with their lives in a similar way than the people who had the placebo. Sure, I, I understand. And they that. don't know, remember. They, well, in fact, of course you know. It, if you've had the placebo, you're going to feel just fine. <laughs> um, right, I, w I want to get to the specific here, though. Confirmed cases were determined by, drum roll please, the PCR, PCR test. test. Yeah, of course. And at least one symptom consistent with COVID-19. But and there their are definition. So many symptoms. Bear with. Their case definition is a PCR test positive, and at least one of fever, neuro increased cough, neuro increased shortness of breath, chills, neuro increased muscle pain, new loss of taste or smell, sore throat, diarrhea, or vomiting. Now I don't know about you, but that list as shares quite an overlap with the symptoms you get of having. The vaccine. It does, but at least, at least, and and this is this is where it's a little bit sinister as well because when at the at the moment you have a PCR test and it comes back as positive, as far as the government is concerned, you're positive. Yes. Unless you've taken part in one of these vaccine programs, in which case you're not a positive unless you haven't don't have a symptom. Yes. This is the only place where there is a clinical. The only place where they're treating it properly, where they're actually going, you need to have symptoms before we're going to allow you to have it. Yeah. So I, I guarantee you... There will but be even then, even then, mu muscle pain, diarrhoea, vomiting. That, that doesn't mean... If you, if you went to a doctor and said, I'm vomiting, they wouldn't immediately say, well, that's COVID-19 then, would they? Now, I get they're combining it with a test, but the fact that the test isn't very... Sure, but it, 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 it's, it's... It's better. It, it's better. And, and 
they're, they're obviously doing that because they don't want the numbers to be high, whereas they're ignoring that for all the other numbers where they do want the numbers to be high. This is why it seems sinister. There are plenty of reasons why it seems sinister. <laughs> but I wanted to bring up the point. Do you remember that Chinese study? Yes. 10 million people, 10 million asymptomatic yep. positive tests. They cultured every single positive PCR test. Every single one of them was a false positive. Yeah. They cultured them. They have the not done that. The asymptomatic positives. Yes. Sure. They... Well, this was this was this was later. This yeah, they they literally found no one with the disease, because every single person with the PCR test they they cultured and they and they didn't have it. They've not done that. This is just based on the PCR test. So again, it's not clear whether they had it or not. Whether any of them any of them did. And that's they've kind of they've kind of dropped the ball on that, I guess. Although I, I actually have they because I'm trying to trying to. I'm trying to think this from an authoritarian point of view. I think. Oh, what? How to make the numbers look even worse? Yeah, but if they, if they, they could make the vaccine look really good by culturing everything, but then they'd have to culture everything in the test group, in the control group, with the placebo, and they'd find there'd be fuck all cases there as well. Well, and and that's why I haven't done it. I I think that's exactly why they haven't done it. I think there's not enough coronavirus out there. Yeah. And they were, they were talk, there was talk of this, wasn't there? There was talk about not being able to get the vaccines soon enough. Yeah, and having to go to Brazil and places because it's the only place that where there's enough people were likely to get infected, sure. Well, but I think that's happened. South America yeah. is on here. Can we, can we move on to statistics that, a little bit? That is, that's the end of, of sure. what I had. But I thought it was important to know where these percentages come from of, of so-called effectiveness. But also, a study where you only look at 9,500 people who had the vaccine... Uh, that that's it. That's nine and a half thousand fit and healthy people. Fit and healthy. The people who don't need the vaccine. That's who you're looking at. Yeah, people under sixty. Yeah, people who have no risk at all. And and looking at them for two months. Sure. Two months. That's it. Where's where's the long term? Sure. Um, I just wanted to touch on statistics a bit. And this, I've, I've got. I don't. I don't have statistics to give you. I just wanted to make the point that we've had, we've had been been given statistics for over a year now. Um, you know, you, the, the the government has been, you know, has, has been given giving us lots more than of, normal. Yeah, miles more than normal. We've had statistics on, you know, on deaths, on infections, on hospitalizations, on so-called cases. Yeah, yeah, so-called cases. Uh, we've had we've had the lot, and I think it's safe to say now that the government are good at, at cooking the books. You know, fudging the figures. You know, as we do, they, they always were, but this is really, really. But they've, they've, shown they've it. yeah, they've they've taken the ball and they've run with it. As far as I'm concerned, they've got time, whole teams of scientists doing it now. It's not just a person delivering it at a podium. Sure, and and they've they've made them look as as bad as they can. Yeah. So we know that the government are good at are good at false. Not, I, I think I think oh, actually I think I've got to point yeah, out false They're good at that. What stands out to me. And what is so conspicuous because of its absence is yes. the lack of figures around, you know, side effects from uh, from the vaccines. Because yes. we know that they can cook figures, that, but the the side effects must be so bad that even the government, with their spin doctors and 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 everyone trying to you know twist these figures to make them look good, I think they're so bad that they're not even bothering to do that because, you know, we can't spin this any other way. There have been a certain amount of deaths, certain amount of blindness, whatever, and they're not, they are, they're not even giving us the figures. Well, and so because people are sharing their experiences, um, it's 
you don't have to look far on any social media platform, including a business one like LinkedIn, to have people commenting and posting about how they felt rough from having the vaccine. So there's no there's no hiding from it. Now, having no, said I'm, that, I'm talking about the really serious things. The things, serious things, stuff. things like blindness and and palsy. Did that, did that nurse in America ever surface? The one that was on camera who collapsed after having the vaccine. I'm not sure. She disappeared. But just, just take death on its own. How yeah. many deaths have there been? Yeah. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? They're, they're not even giving but us the ab- the ab- No, you're right. But the absence of statistic is, is, is... It's important to just acknowledge the absence and then infer something from it. Sure. It's, isn't it? It's sinister. And it's yes. not like it's not like they've been really, really open and honest with all the other statistics. Yes. And and yes. this one they're just not giving it. So De- that would be different. Defining- it's, about, it's about that they've, they've proven that they can cook the books, and they're still not even attempting to do that. Yes. Yeah. Like, like it's not like they're saying, you know, we never we never cook the books, and we never make up statistics, and everything is a hundred percent honest and yes. in good faith. Yeah. And we're just not doing these ones. It's no, no. We're going to do whatever we can to make these figures look bad, and we're just not going to give you those. Yeah, it's 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 awful. Yeah, because you've got the you know the definition of a COVID death, you've got the definition of a COVID case, you know, and and it and it, it changes depending on which way the wind blows, doesn't it? Um, whether it's you know twenty eight days, sixty days, or whatever after after it, of or for, and it, you can you can bet if they were going to 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 get these figures, they wouldn't be applying the same rules. So that somebody who dies of anything no. within thirty days of a, a, of of a, a vaccine. positive test counts as COVID nineteen. You know damn well that somebody who dies of anything is like, well, hang on, hang on, we need to really double check whether it was actually because of the vaccine or not. If yeah, they had anything else? Well, yeah, no, I can guarantee it. But they're not yeah. even they're not even doing that because obviously the figures are so bad. So I also looked to to today. Um, uh, Sage released a load of stuff, um, and it cl- classic this government which is, you know, Boris or a minister stands up and says one thing and then, you know, the scientists release a load of stuff to, to, to scare you. Yeah. Um, in, in, including uh, the, um, the information about the latest models. <laughs> I, I know you're shaking your head, um, but I've got, I got, I got another document here. I, I'm, I'm definitely not going to go through it in the detail of Thank which... You. <laughs> of which I just did um, with uh, with that, but I, I wanted. I mean, look, look I'm, I'm showing you. Look at all. Look at all these. I mean, how many graphs are there on a page? There, you know. There's there's a ridiculous amount of what I think is just pseudo scientific nonsense. This is this is noise. This is to stop someone reading this. Yeah, oh, sure. Is to is to go into this, but yeah, the, the signal to noise ratio is deliberately appalling. Yes, deliberately. Now, one thing that all these models do. Is um, is make lots of assumptions that uh, the, the the vaccines don't work, which I find which I find fascinating because the whole of 2020 was about we must get a vaccine, and I remember saying to people in this in this early part of this year, and saying to people right, it, it's all about the vaccine now, so when the vaccine doesn't save you. Will you come over to my side? You know, that, that's been the, the line I've been drawing for people. When, when this isn't what opens up the country again and gives us back our freedom, will you accept that I was right? <laughs> it's happening. It's it's happening. It's not even happening now that every, once everyone's got it. We're at what half 
of the people in the country, or is it half of the adults? Something like that. We're about fifty percent, I think, of people who've had um, a, a at least one dose. I think. I think it's a smaller number of people who've had um, who've had both doses. But all the assumptions now they don't work. Well, so you knew that before then, or, or it's again assumptions that they they still allow transmission, which has been known, you know, right from right from the word go. There's a page of caveats and key assumptions. Okay, I'm, I'm only four pages into this long document. I'm just going to read the words in brackets against each of these sentences. Okay. Optimistic, 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 unclear, 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 pessimistic, unclear, optimistic, unclear, optimistic, well, I don't optimistic. What these are, are a list of statements where they've made assumptions or said that they don't model things because it's too complicated. It's 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 full of stuff. I just, you know, just that classic idea of these models are, are utter nonsense. I mean, they've been proven wrong every single time. In the, the models that came out at Christmas have been proven wrong. The models that came up in the autumn have been proven wrong. Obviously, the original models that they, they made up a year ago have been proved wrong. And they've had a year to get them right. They could have been, they could have been modelling every single week with yeah. all the new information and adapting their models. They could have had teams of proper programmers, not yep. idiots like Neil Ferguson, actual yep. proper programmers, taking the information in, finding yep. out the movements of what actually people are doing in different age groups and different things and what the transmissibility is for different age groups. And they could have actually properly been modelling. I, mean, I still wouldn't yep. be in favour of using them, no. but they could have done that and they would have been a lot more accurate. Yep. They've had a year in, to do instead, that. All that money has gone into a test and trace program that doesn't work, and now pivoting to either tests for everyone or um, software in order to have an app on your phone. You know, let's, let's pivot the same app. Let's update the same app so you don't have to download it again. You know, all the people that downloaded the test and trace app need to convert that one, pivoting that app to be your vaccine passport. Not only is this the largest invasion of privacy, but it will cause I think the largest amount of 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 personal data being being stolen from individuals. You know, if you if you think about the opportunities that this app that that hackers will have, you know, by using nefarious means to try and get information out of you or get 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 bank details, you know, whatever, because people are using because people are using this app, which has been made by the government, you know. Yeah, and it'll probably be stored in some central database exactly. for the entire world somewhere that it will only take hackers to get into once and then that's it. It's yes, but, but think about... The entire think, world's medical history is now up for, up for grabs. Th think about something where someone engineers pop up, you go to a website and it pops up and it looks like your app screen. Uh, it, does, it won't even need to be that sophisticated for, for some older users. Oh, you're talking about phishing? Yeah, think, oh, about, sure. think about all of this. I mean, with the Test and Trace um, app, there was possibly less... Um, uh, ability for them to do that because the only thing the test and trace app can tell you to do is stay in your homes, so that would just be a convenience. But we're talking about denial of service of of you know of, of, of purchasing things, of going places, and 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 you know and stuff like that. So I I just think I just think this even even our privacy concerns aside, I think this could be the you know the the greatest step towards people having their details stolen, having their bank accounts emptied. Sure, and and at the same time they're they're, they're going with these Identity COVID passports. Theft. They're saying it doesn't work. It doesn't work. You still got to stay yes. in your homes. 
you still you know you still can't you still you can't meet another vaccinated person if you've been vaccinated twice and somebody else has been vaccinated twice you can't go in the house no it doesn't really work but get this lovely passport that means you can go to a football stadium so hang on a second yeah and if vaccines don't work how are you allowed to go somewhere if you've been vaccinated but not have a test so they want people to have tests if they've not been vaccinated. But they don't want the vaccinated people to have tests. A vaccine is fine. Only the vaccine isn't fine because the vaccine doesn't work. Which is it? It's because they want they, they want people to just... Do as they're told? Yeah, it's, it's about doing as they're told. And it's, it's, about, it's, it's like an invasion of your human body. Yes. In one way or another. So we'll either invade you by injecting you regularly. Yeah. Or we'll invade you by shoving a cotton bud Swab. right up into your brain. Yeah, it's it's one or the other. As long as, as long as you're you're happy to have that, we don't care. We just uh, want to get you used to having your body invaded by the state. So here's a, here's a question for you, maybe a, a slightly light-hearted way of ending uh, ending this podcast. Um, when the when the tests become available, which I believe is from Friday, um, shall we order some and test some stuff? Yeah, yeah, we can order. We can both order. Well, in fact, we've got families. We can we can order more than two a week. I can test my cats. I can test some Coca Cola. I can test some vegetables I've grown in the garden. Well, I think we should grow some papaya, shouldn't we? <laughs> I was just thinking about that. <laughs> <laughs> we need to find a goat to test. Um, I'm thinking just everyday everyday stuff in the house. The thing is, whose name are we gonna? Because if we if we test stuff and it comes back positive, they're gonna harangue us about staying indoors. What you think? These are these are lateral flow tests. It's just a bit of card. It's just a. So you don't have to send them away. Of course you don't. Ah, oh, right. Of course you don't. I don't. I don't want the government knowing about this. Oh no! All the government will know is that they sent us some tests. So if anything, we're looking like really good boys and girls. Right. I'm not sure about that either. But it'd be, no, good, for, it'd be, it'd be good for a laugh. It'd be good for a laugh. I, I think it might be quite funny. Yeah. yeah I, say, I don't want to. I don't want to send anything off. And we have a good no. laugh, and it makes a good podcast. But we've got to stay in for two. No, these aren't weeks. these aren't PCR tests. These right. are lateral flow tests. Okay. So you you get told, and then you. Right, so these are the same tests that the staff in schools, for example, um, are encouraged to use. And it's just self-reporting. So you have to tell them whether or not you have a positive test. So obviously what people are doing is either not saying anything at all or just not testing and then saying, yeah, I'm fine. It was yeah, negative. I, yeah I, I, haven't had a, I haven't had a positive. <laughs> yeah. So sure. actually there is a, a measure of personal responsibility that they're giving to people. You, you could get a lateral flow test, have it come up positive, and then choose not to tell anyone about it. I, I don't think that's yet a criminal offence. I'm sure it probably will be soon. But I think we should. I think we should test yeah. some bleach and some. Yeah, and maybe maybe we'll a delicious curry. <laughs> maybe we'll get a few. If we, if we can each get two a week for the next few weeks. We will get a whole bunch of them, and then we'll we'll, we'll test them and we'll put the results on the on the website. This is it. We need we need a decent number of them. I think. Sure. And then we can uh, we can review them in a podcast. Yeah, definitely. I like that. Okay, um, I think that's probably a good place to end it. Thanks for listening to Sounding Board. Um, I know we say this every time, but we don't want your money. Just please share it. Please send links out to your friends. You know, share it on your iPhones, your Android there, phones. There is a growing number of people who need to hear this stuff now, I think. So, yeah, share, rate, review, and we'll see you next time. <laughs>